What's up guys? Welcome to part two of this series. So we just discussed how the seed got planted in the business and now I want to dive into what were the first steps all the way to getting up to signing the lease on that first location. And so you know at the time you just don't know what you don't know and I was certainly a victim of that I uh, was now I'm like I'm excited to get started I want to do my own business I started telling all my friends my family and just building this this momentum or just this whole presence of the fact that this is what I wanted to do and uh, just kind of getting everybody behind me and it was creating a sense of self-built accountability because if I told somebody then you kind of got to do it just to make sure that you don't look like an idiot and so I was conscious of doing this and telling everyone that I wanted to do this and that was very powerful looking back because that actually led to a lot of connections that I needed and one of the biggest ones was given me from uh, Joe Giovanna she was a long-term client of mine and she's the VP at ODU she's just an amazing woman and she pointed me into the direction of SCORE, and it's an acronym. Um, I forget the first three, but I think the last two are retired executives. But uh, they have a location in Norfolk, and essentially it's just these these retired executives or executive CEOs um, that have just time that they want to help and share their knowledge with, with new entrepreneurs. And so I would go out there a couple times a month during this period um, when I'm still going to school, still running CrossFit ODU, and just trying to figure out how to build this business. You know, you get the typical stuff, build a business plan, and, you know, kind of the formal stuff on how you need to go about legally. And, and that took a lot of time for me in the beginning. There was a lot of footwork, a lot of things that I had to get checked off um, that I think took a lot longer because there was no clear path or clear description. And so I want to give that to you. Um, that way I can kind of clear up some of the confusion that I faced, you know, in the beginning, one of the first things I needed to do was to get an EIN. It's an employer identification number. You need to get it with the IRS. And it's very simple. If you just Google EIN or EIN online, they now have an online version where you can get in in literally five minutes. And once you have that employer identification number, now you are you are identified by the IRS as a legitimate entity. But there were other things that you need to do. So it's the federal, which is the EIN. You need to do state, which is the SEC, the State Corporation Commission. So you need to file with them, and that's where you get your name and you get um, filed with the state. And then you also need to do the city. So the city clerk's office, this was where a lot of footwork went in the beginning. But if you just go into the city's clerk's office, I think for under 500 bucks, you can get all of these things. But with the city, you have to file to get your business license, and that's an annual fee. But in the beginning, it's like 50 bucks. And so with the city, you're filed, so you can do business in your city. For me, it was Norfolk. For the state in Virginia, you have to be notified by them to do your taxes and state income and things like that. And then for the federal, there's an EIN. So that took a very long time for me to articulate because I heard a lot of acronyms in the beginning and none of it was clear and I didn't really know what was going on. And to be honest, the state thing really bit me in the ass early on. I ended up, you know, this is a whole story for another day, but long story short, at the H&R block, I had not filed any state taxes for the first two or three years and I got hit with a penalty um, plus interest of three years. And so that, that story will come up in the bankruptcy episode, which I'll share later on. But 
that hopefully will help kind of clear up what are the three entities that you need to to formally get done. Another major thing was taxes that obviously came up after learning H&R Block does not do what you need to what you need to be done for a business. I highly recommend getting a bookkeeper and a tax pro. So what is the difference? In the beginning, I had no clue. I thought an accountant was an accountant, but hey, come to tell, there's two different ones. There's a bookkeeper, so they do all your formal book entries like on QuickBooks, and then there's a tax pro who is meant to legitimately like file your taxes. So please do not make that mistake. Make sure to look into both of those, and um, that will really help early on. But all that, so all that stuff I was kind of learning, and it took a lot of time. I was buying equipment, making sure that I had all the supplies ready to get into the new location to start running classes. Luckily, I'd already been building up a, you know, a little stockpile that I kept in the garage that I was using to train clients in my garage at the time, trying to build up the personal training. I was looking into softwares on so that way we can, as soon as on day one, we can start running payments. So there is something called an e-merchant. You know, I didn't know that when you actually pay with a credit card, you have to pay somebody. Like, where does that money go? And so when you swipe a card to pay someone, that money just doesn't enter into their account. It has to go through a merchant servant. And so you have to set up your merchant account and then that way you can accept credit cards because at the time like i just thought that that was a magic thing that happened you get a register and it just works but you actually have to pay a third party to run all the credit cards and then those get deposited in to your accounts and so with all the equipment set up with all the entity set up and with all of the softwares and everything i was ready to look for a new location and that new location took ultimately took six months to find and secure, which was the most substantial time to get built. But that did allow me six months to kind of get all my ducks in a row. And obviously, with every new rock that I was turning over, you second guess, do I really want to do this? You would learn a new expense or a new formality or just a new hurdle that you had to jump over to get to that opening day. And um, it was a constant battle, but I was fortunate enough to kind of have a strong support system. I had a lot of people that believed in me and um, I had really built a strong foundation by running CrossFit ODU for two plus years. Again, I was telling everybody about it. So that was really able to build confidence. And uh, I was very confident in the fact that I could take the the following that I had created at CrossFit ODU and move over to my own location. So that that's that security of just knowing that I had people behind me that were willing to keep pushing this forward. It kept the dream alive. And that's what continued to motivate hopping over these hurdles and, and getting to that finish line. So now let's go in uh, the next series. I want to discuss the location because by far this was the biggest hurdle. And um, I think if you're trying to open a business, especially a brick and mortar, that one, this would be very beneficial to listen to.